0: Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike leprie here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 94 of Screwball. We are moving on to the NL Central in our uh, all-time franchise list. This is the fifth of six episodes we're going to be doing uh, in our offseason. Um, for those that haven't listened uh, this far, we basically take each team, uh, current team in, in each division. Uh, we rank them by position, historically, Uh, position so for example we rate the best catcher for uh, an individual team in their history then first base second base and so on Uh, we had some pitchers some honorable mentions some uh, relief pitchers and uh, we go from there so uh, like I said uh, this week is the NL Central Uh, we are making our way through the whole National League Um, last week or last episode was the NL East so with that being said let's move to Uh, The first team here we have listed, which is the Chicago Cubs, an obviously uh, long-standing franchise. uh, Had, a, you know, obviously the famous length of time without a World Series, but a lot of history in that franchise regardless. So a lot of old names here, some more recent names. So starting with uh, kind of around the horn, as we have been doing the last few episodes, we started the catching position for the Cubs. Uh, So the all-time greatest uh, catcher, that I have for the Cubs is Gabby Hartnett. Uh, First base, I have Cap Anson. Second base, Ryan Sandberg. Third base, Ron Santo. Shortstop, Ernie Banks. Outfield, Sammy Sosa. Uh, Billy Williams and Hack Wilson. Outfield in kind of no particular fielding, like uh, no right, left, and center fielder, just three outfielders. Uh, And then as a DH, I have Anthony Rizzo. Uh, And then for a pitching staff, I have Fergie Jenkins, uh, Mordecai Brown, Charlie Root, Rick Ruskell, if that's how you say his name, uh, and Bill Hutchison. Then as the two relievers, I have Bruce Suter and Lee Smith. Then just some honorable mentions, I have Carlos Zambrano, Pedro Strope, Frank Chance, Chris Bryant, Mark Grace, Joe Tinker, and Alfonso Soriano. So obviously, like I said, just a you know historic franchise and uh, a lot of guys that date back quite a while, guys like Cap Anson and Hack Wilson. You know, Hack Wilson still does own that. Or famous RBI record, so it's definitely some history there. Um, and more recent guys, like an Anthony Rizzo or a, uh, you know, a Ryan Sandberg, a little more recent in people's brains. So that's how my uh, franchise Cubs team is kind of shaking out. I don't know what uh, if you have much difference here or if you kind of got what, you know, kind of same idea.
1: Yeah, uh, for the most part, uh, you know, my team is very similar to yours. Uh, most of the same names. The pitching is a little different. But, um, yeah, catcher – uh, Gabby Hartnett. First base, I got Rizzo. Second, Sandberg. Third, I got Ron Santo. Shortstop, Ernie Banks. Outfield, Sammy Sosa. Billy Williams. Hack Wilson. D.H. Mark Grace. Uh, some starting pitchers. I got Three Finger Brown. Fergie Jenkins. Pete Alexander. Hippo Vaughn. And Rick Ruskell. Relief pitchers, Bruce Suter, Bruce Suter and Lee Smith. And then, you know... Honorable mention slash bench guys, whatever you kind of want to consider them. Uh, I got Frank Chance, Andre Dawson, Stan Hack, Rick Monday. Uh, I know Rick Monday might be a little bit of a surprise, but he did have a really good career. Also, uh, you know, the big moment saving the America flag is a hmm. huge moment, so I just put him in there for that. Greg Maddox and Carlos Marmel.
0: Yeah, some uh, some good players there, even on the bench. You know, guys like Greg Maddox that came across into the Cubs and uh, pitched good there too. A lot of people forget about that. Yeah,
1: Andre uh-huh. Dawson won
0: an MVP there, right? Yeah, I believe with that so. Team, yeah, last place team. Hmm. Yeah, he uh, he had it. He was a guy I struggled. to, I was like, do I want to put him on here? I mean, he definitely fits. But yeah, you know, I think that uh, there's a lot of names to run around on. on you know, with the Cubs, uh, a little bit lackluster pitching staff that I kind of thought was going to be a little bit better. But after I thought about, it, I was like, yeah, they never really had like. Too many of the guys, you know. So a lot of older guys are definitely on there. They obviously had a pretty good pitching staff when they just recently won the World Series, but nothing really to, not a lot of guys to really write home about, especially, you know, Jake Arrieta was good for a time, but, you know, you're not going to rank him among the greats, unfortunately. So, yeah, pretty good uh, Cubs team overall for a franchise, and definitely some guys like Ernie Banks, some legends of the game. So uh, with that, I say we move on to the Next team in the division, which is the Cincinnati Reds, a team that you know, you're know you going to find a lot of familiar names, specifically maybe from that Big Red Machine era. So to start off the list, which obviously makes sense, like I said, the Big Red Machine, catching position, Johnny Bench. Uh, at first base, I have Joey Votto. Second base, Joe Morgan. Third base, Tony Perez. Shortstop, Barry Larkin. In the three outfield positions, uh, Pete Rose, George Foster, and Eric Davis. Then at DH, I have Frank Robinson. Uh, and then as for the pitching staff, I have Epa Bucky Walters, Paul Derringer, Pete Donahue, and Johnny Cueto. For the two relievers, pretty, pretty good relief core here, are all this Chapman and Rob Dibble. Uh, and then for the bench slash honorable mentions, I have Noodles Hahn, Danny Graves, Ken Griffey Sr., Adam Dunn, Brandon Phillips, and Dave Concepcion. So even the bench, pretty stacked with guys, so... I mean, this team I, I thought was one of the better teams you're going to see, especially offensively. You know, yeah. they're they're pretty stacked.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, again, you know, a lot of these guys are very similar. The Reds obviously had some century dynasties here uh, for two, three periods throughout the you know throughout their their franchise history. Um, a catcher, Johnny Bench, of course. First base, Joey Votto. Second base, Joe Morgan. Third base, had Pete Rose. Shortstop, Barry Larkin. Outfield, uh, Frank Robinson, George Foster, Ken Griffey Jr. D.H. Tony Perez. There you go. Offensively, some of the better names you're going to see. Some pitchers, I got Noodles Han, Bucky Walters, Jose Rejo, or Rejo, Johnny Vandermeer, Dolph Laquay, Mm -hmm. Uh, relief pitchers, Chapman, Rob Dibble, and some bench honorable mention guys. I got Eric Davis, Adam Dunn, who, if you go look, I believe he's top three or so in franchise leaders for the Reds at home runs. Mm -hmm. Um, Davey Concepcion, King of Free Senior, Epa Rixie, and Danny Graves. As you can see, though, again, similar to the Cubs. Offensively, some more known guys, some real big-name guys, some more newer guys, while the pitching is very, very older uh, crowd, essentially. Uh, Pitching's older. Offense, a little bit more newer generation. Names you really hear and talk about more than you know, old Noodles Han.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, we pretty much had a fairly different starting pitching list because there's just—I mean—a lot of these guys I've never even heard of. To be totally honest with you, I mean, Noodles Han I only heard of because his name is Noodles. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on now. <laughs>
1: Vandermeer, you know. Yeah. He was uh, the back-to-back. Hmm. So that's his big, you know. Uh, yeah. Fame, but obviously he was—he was good for a couple of years there. So that was more than that. But when you throw back-to-back no hitters, you deserve to be on a list somewhere.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, that definitely gets you put in the history books. Um, but you know, like I said, just kind of, uh, kind of similar to the Cubs were offensively stacked and the uh, pitching While you know, for the day, I'm sure a lot of those guys were really, really good. Just nothing, uh, nothing really crazy, nothing that's going to really intimidate, uh, you know, if you were to throw them all against a team and nothing really intimidating, but overall just, uh, another great franchise been around a long time. I think the, they're the oldest standing franchise, right? Yeah,
1: the first professional franchise for baseball. Yeah. yeah. to go out and beat the at teams.
0: Yeah. Was it, were they the red stockings or? Yep.
1: Yep. And they were getting paid to play and they would travel around and beat the snot out of people. They had the best players. They paid them. Yeah. other people were just like, you know, get together. Hey, let's go play. Mm -hmm. And they'd come out and beat the snot out of them. Like 60 to one and crap like that.
0: (laughs) Jesus. Well, with that, let's move on to the Brewers a little, not quite as old a franchise. Um, so and has in
1: every single division.
0: I was going to say, has jumped around quite a bit. So. Can't
1: figure out which one they could win in. I know, so yeah. Like, okay, let's try this one. Let's try this one.
0: Yeah. They've gotten somewhat close. I think in the 80s, I think they were in the World Series, right? Or they were in the Championship Series yeah. or something. They, they got pretty close. last few, you know, within the last, like, 20 years, they've been somewhat close. So their day will come. Uh, so with that, the first player that I have, starting at the catching position for the Brewers, all-time team is Jonathan Lucroy. Uh, At first base, I have Cecil Cooper. Second base, Don Money. Third base, Paul Molitor. Shortstop, Robin Yount. Three outfield positions, I have Ryan Braun, Jeff Jenkins, and Christian Yelich. And then at DH, Prince Fielder. Uh, Starting pitching, I have Ben Sheets, Teddy Higuera, uh, Mike Caldwell, Jim Slayton, uh, Chris Bozio. And then for the relief pitchers, I have Dan Plesak and Josh Hader. Then for some honorable mentions slash bench guys, I have Billy Wegman, Jeremy Jeffries, Carlos Gomez, BJ Serhoff, George Scott, and Ricky Weeks. Again, a pretty offensively capable team. Uh, A little bit more modern pitching, I'd say. A little bit more recognizable names there. Uh, And the relief pitching, obviously, two really good lefties there. So, you know, obviously not quite the time uh, that the Cubs and Reds have had in a franchise, but still some pretty recognizable names and and still some good guys to uh, to really get behind. especially a guy like Robin Yount. You know, was really like an all-time player, you know. So, uh, overall, I, I thought that they were pretty good. I don't know what your your list is kind of looking like here.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, again, they're pretty similar overall. Some differences, you know, Ketrick got Jonathan Lukeroy, first base Cecil Cooper, second base Don Money. Third base, Paul Molitor. shortstop, Robin Yount, one of the all-time greats, and probably, you know, Mr. Brewer. Mm-hmm. Um, in the outfield, Ryan Braun, uh, Ben Oglevie, Gorman, Gorman Thomas, T.H., Prince Fielder. Uh, starting pitchers, Ben Sheets, Teddy Aguera, Giovanni Gallarado, Chris Bozio, and Mike Caldwell. Uh, relief pitchers, Dan Zach, and Josh Hader. And then Ben Shonable mentions Greg Vaughn, Jeff Jenkins, Ricky Weeks. Jim Ganter, Jim Slayton, and Ken Sanders. So overall, again, um, you know, a mix. Some older guys, but for the most part, newer generation guys. And, you know, in all honesty, the, the team that doesn't really stand up to the other four in this division when I mean, you have some all-time greats. I mean, obviously Robin Young and, and uh, Malter and Braun, Fielder even, guys like that, yeah, they're good. But then you compare them to guys we already talked about with the Cubs, Ernie Banks, the Big Red Machine, yeah, you know, those guys don't hold up to the, you know, to them. Um, and then obviously the next two teams with the Pirates and Cardinals, they got, you know, obviously this other the rest of the division probably has, you know, 20 of the, of the top hundred guys mm-hmm. in baseball.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. Hard to compete.
1: Yeah. They may have 20, 25 of the top hundred and you might get one of them out of the Brewers with Robin out.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's just
1: how it is with a newer franchise and a franchise that's bounced around and hasn't really won much. Then you got so many older franchises in all sports.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. I, you know, it's it's tough. You know, um, sometimes newer franchises, like we did the Rays and the Marlins and stuff like that, you see some more recent names, some names that really don't even make any sense. Um, the Brewers are obviously have been around a little bit longer than, than some other expansion teams. But, you know, um, like I said, their time will come, and they've put on some competitive teams in the field uh, this year, they had some unbelievable pitching and, and really put on a show for a lot of the year. Or so, um, you might even see some some newer names start to pop up for a team like this, you know. But, yeah, for in, in the NL Central Division, they definitely get the shorter end of the stick, you know, especially going up against uh, the two previous teams you listed and then the two other ones we're about to list here. Uh, there's some really <laughs> legendary names. So, let's move on to the fourth of the five teams here the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, this team I thought was a little sneaky. Uh, I thought that after doing the list, I was like, this team's good. Like, like especially offensively. Like, their team's, this team can hit. Uh, so the first player I have, they hit the catch position. The best uh, catcher in Pirates franchise history I have is Jason Kendall. At first base, I have Willie Stargell. Second base, Bill Mazeroski. Third base, Archie Vaughn. Shortstop, Honus Wagner. Three outfield positions, I have Roberto Clemente. Ralph Kiner and Andrew McCutcheon. And then in the DH position, I have Dave Parker. Uh, As far as starting pitching, uh, I have Babe Adams, Wilbur Cooper, Bob Friend, Sam Lever, and Deacon Felipe. As far as the two relievers, I have Kent T'Kilvey and uh, Roy Face. Then some honorable mentions slash uh, bench guys, I have Mark Melanson, Fred Clark, Max Carey, Al Oliver, Gene Alley, and Tommy Leach. Um, so, like I said, the pit, the hitting's just off the charts. There, I think they're one of the better hitting teams you'll find. But you know, pitching wise, a lot of older guys, some lesser known guys. Pitching's kind of where they would take a hit. But uh, I think the Pirates that they've, they've been around a long time too. So, so I don't know if you know, I don't know what your list is looking like uh, with the Pirates. But I thought offensively they were like really stacked.
1: Yeah, um, very similar again, uh, especially offensively, um, which is you know pretty much their dominance of their franchise here. The catcher Jason Kendall, first base Willie Stargell, second base Bill Mazurowski, third base Archie Vaughn, shortstop Horace Wagner, of course. In the Roberto Clemente, Andrew McCutcheon, and Barry Bonds. It's a mix of a little bit of everything out there. Mm-hmm. D.H. Dave Parker, just a ginormous human being. <laughs> um, Pitching-wise, Babe Adams, Bob Friend, Wilbur Cooper, Sam Lever, and John Caldarellia, Candelaria, mm-hmm. uh Kent D'Couvet, a relief pitcher and Mark Melanson, the other relief pitcher. Some honorable mention bench guys, uh, Paul Weiner, Fred Clark, Pie Trainer, Ralph Kiner, uh, Bob Veal, mm. Roy Face, and that's that's it. on you know, the bench, but you know, at that point look at their offense, Jason Kendall and Star Obviously Kendall's could quite hold up with some of them guys, but at a catching position yeah. speed and use a leadoff hitter and stuff like that. It's pretty good. Sure. Then you got Willie Stargell and Barry Bonds in the middle of the order. Clemente batting second, whatever you want to do. Dave Parker down there. I mean, that's offensively very, very stacked. Pitching-wise, again, older. Not really much of the newer guys. Mm. So very old in the pitching staff, which isn't bad. But, you know, offensively, there's some big, big, you know, historic names there. Um, even Arky Vaughn was a great hitter. Um, mm. Just kind of gets lost in the shuffle there with guys like Honus Wagner and Stargell and McCutcheon. Um, Bonds, Clemente. I mean, those guys just get lost in the shuffle. A you know, guy like Honus Wagner.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty good pretty good player there, Honus yeah. Wagner. Your infield, I feel like your infield is pretty, other than the catching position, um, is fairly old with Bill Mazrowski, Archie Vaughn, and Honus Wagner. It's a pretty, uh, you know, older. But then again, hard to kind of beat, you know, especially a guy like Honus Wagner. You're not exactly going to take him off the list anytime soon unless you... No. Unless you literally get an all-time shortstop. That's what it'll take. Like, you need, like, I mean, a... Even
1: then, you know, it's Horner Swaggler. It's one of the greatest players ever played a game. Yeah,
0: it's hard to hard to bump him off when he's batting 400 and, yeah. you know, <laughs> and crap. So, um, so yeah, pretty good Pirates team. Again, though, the pitching... I think there's a kind of a theme here with the NL Central. The pitching's a little bit on the lesser side than, say, like, the NL East had pretty damn good pitching. Well, I think the um,
1: next team we talk about is pitching. going to turn that around.
0: This whole... Yeah, this... I mean, the whole team is... You probably pound for pound might be the best team, um, or at least close. Oh, you yeah, know,
1: this is comparable to your Yankees and your Red Sox and mm-hmm. and uh, your A's teams like that, who are just historically unbelievable in depth. The Cardinals—they're just just as stacked as anybody. I'll take this team, about over anybody.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, second most in World Series with uh, I believe eleven, so pretty <laughs> pretty good franchise, and, and I'd good say, throughout the years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're it was always a competitive. Stretch of Ten
1: in a row or something crazy. It was. They, they were just always good. You mm-hmm. see, even now, they always change their face of their franchise and their their uh, you know identity, and they're still really good. Pujols leaving and McGuire, well, McGuire leaving and then Pujols leaving and guys like that, and are just consistently good. Right. You know, they keep changing their face. They they're just really really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you'll see here. You know, as I about to I'm about to list this. Uh, these players here—they're just—they're just ridiculous at almost each position. So, uh, so with that, the starting with the catch position, the all-time Cardinals I have is at catching uh, Yadier Molina, first base Albert Pujols, second base Rogers Hornsby, third base Ken Boyer, shortstop Ozzie Smith, uh, three outfield positions Lou Brock, Stan Musial, and Enos Slaughter, and at DH Mark McGuire. Uh, and then as far as your starters, you have Bob Gibson, <laughs> Adam Wainwright, Dizzy Dean. Uh, Harry uh, Brechin, Brechin, uh, I think that's how you say it, Uh, and Chris Carpenter. Then for your two relievers, I have Jason Isrenhausen and Todd Worrell. Then some honorable mentions, in case that wasn't enough, Jim Edmonds, Scott Rowland, Lee Smith, Kurt Flood, Johnny Mize, and Ted Simmons. Uh, So up and down, left and right, pitching, hitting, relief pitch, uh, relief pitchers, I mean, and your bench guys are just all off the charts. I mean, right off the bat, you have one of the one of, if not the best first baseman of all time, best defensive player of all time, almost in Ozzy Smith, one of the best base stealers of all time in Lou Brock. I mean, it's just like the team is like absolutely insane, and I'm sure you have pretty much, a, I'd say, a similar list here because the Cardinals have just small time greats. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't. You can go ahead. I don't know what your uh, list is looking like. Yeah. The yeah,
1: team is very similar. You know, you got a mix of a little bit of everything: defense, contacts, power, speed, pitching. In all eras, I mean, starting with catcher Yadier Molina, arguably arguably one of the let's be on one of the greatest catchers of all time. We did the all time positions. I think I had Yadier at like two or three mm. greatest catcher of all time. I mean, how can you how can you say he's not? Is the thing defensively mm. he's the greatest catcher of all time. I think that's just I don't really think it's all that close. Offensively, okay, maybe he doesn't compare to some of those guys, but defensively he's so much better, right? Longevity, not missing games, calling games, essentially being, the, you know, the the face of the franchise without actually kind of being the face of the franchise, right? Pujols there and guys like that, but he's kind of been like the backbone of the Cardinals for what almost 20 years. So you got him. Pujols, greatest first baseman of all time, hands down, not even close. Albert Pujols is the greatest first baseman of all
0: time. You can check our other list for that. <laughs> I, I
1: I had him right there, number one. I I don't see a guy his first 10 years, no one compares. I mean, he was th- he was 330 average, 10 years. I mean, that's unbelievable, unbelievable. So second base, Roger Hornsby. That guy's not bad. Uh, the worst guy maybe on this for the Cardinals is Ken Boyer. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. So Ken Boyer, third base, shortstop, Ozzy Smith. Obviously, we've had our complaints, or at least I have, with him in the Hall of Fame just because of his offensive stats, you know, and the way they treat other guys is my biggest thing with him. If you're going to put guys in for defense, why is Ozzy, you know, going to put him in? If you're going to put him in for offense only, then why? you get guys like Ozzie Smith and Phil Rosuto in there. It doesn't make sense, right? But franchise leaders, Ozzie Smith's one of the greatest shortstops defensively you're ever going to see. Uh, in the outfield, we've got Lou Brock, of course. Sam Usual. I don't know if you get any more consistent than Sam Usual. Played every day. Played for 30 years. I think he ended up playing in more All-Star games. Had more All Star Game appearances than seasons played, right? Because they had the double All Star Games, mm,
0: something like that, yeah.
1: And I think he had the same exact he had the same exact amount of hits on the road as he did it at home.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: consistent. <laughs> the other outfielder, you know, Slaughter, um, at DH, Mark McGuire, right? Mm-hmm. Saved baseball, Babe Ruth saved baseball. The Black Sox, Mark McGuire saved baseball with his heroics. Him and Sammy Sosa, his contribution to baseball is, I mean, I think it's second. Behind Babe Ruth, it's how important Mark McGuire was. And Sammy so it's not to discredit Sammy Sosa either, but McGuire, he really did save baseball. And uh, he should have a statue outside the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame, but he should have a statue outside of it for sure. He saved baseball. Um, some pitchers Bob Gibson, unbelievable, right? One of the tough, mean guys you're ever going to see in the mound. Mm. Um, obviously, passed away recently, but Bob Gibson, unbelievable competitor. Um, and the stories that just go on. And on about Bob Gibson, right? I don't remember the exact name, but the guy had a home run in his last game Mm. off him with the Grand Slam. And uh, years and years later, he he faced him in an old-timers day. Mm. And, um, you know, they they were still pitching, you know. uh, He pegged him. Bob Gibson hit him first pitch. He hit him. You know, he threw the ball, you know, 70 miles per hour, whatever he was throwing, you know. Still, you know, still whipping it in there at that time, you Mm. know. And and beamed him. Yeah, of course. That's just what he did. Mm. That's Bob Gibson. You know, he didn't like you. I don't like you. Let's get, move out of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, Dizzy Dean. Third, Adam Wainwright. Next one's Harry Bre- Breachin, or Brechen or mm-hmm. Brechin, And uh, Mort Cooper. Relief pitchers, Todd War- Warnell or Worrell and Jason Um So overall, offensively, great. Defensively, great. Pitching wise, great. And coming out of the bullpen, pretty good. Yeah, you know, that's probably their weakness, right? Maybe they're relief pitchers.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: and then on your on your bench here, or uh, honorable mentions, I have an extra one here um, just because you had to because, you know, that's how good they are. Um, but I got Jim Edmonds, Kurt Flood, Keith Hernandez, Scott Rowland, Willie McGee, Chris Carpenter, and Al Harboski, or, you know, the Mad Hungarian. Mm-hmm. as most people know him as. Even their bench, you see some speed, some defense, some contact, um, a little bit of power, longevity to start a pitcher, and then just nuts. The bullpen. I mean, this team's just built. You literally could you could literally build your team like it's not like oh, there's a really offensively or all power guys. Maybe some of the guys like the Yankees. You look and you're like oh, you paper Ruth, Lou Gehrig. You know, there's just a lot of power, right? right? Right. This team's built like how you want to build a real team. It's got defense. It's got you know contact. It's got it's got speed. It's got power. Um, it's got pitching. It's got depth. It's just exactly how you want to build a team. That's their that's their all time great franchise. It's unbelievable. I'm telling you, he's got some of the best guys you're ever gonna see.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: And the franchises follow suit. They're one of the greatest franchises in all sports. Iconic, the logo, and the Cardinal red. I know people just say it's red. It's just something different about the Cardinal red. Hmm. It's just a, it's just an unbelievable Cardinal red. And people say Dodger blue. It's a different blue, sure. I don't think anything looks better than the Cardinal red. There's just something about that Cardinal red. Stands out. The, the city, the fans, the fan base, it's great. But Cardinal's one of the greatest franchises um, possibly the best in baseball, really. I mean, if you take out really the stretch of just the World Series with the Yankees and the Cardinals, and a couple other teams, I mean, what really holds them back? If you take out the World Series, because the organization ran to a T. Oh yeah, the Yankees had their issues with Steinbrenner, especially you know going nuts. Cardinals ran to a T. Minor leagues, the way they they, they form the players and they they produce players, I mean it's it's unbelievable.
0: Hmm. And so. they're playing free agency. They're not skimpy usually. No, they'll, they'll, they'll the go get guys out, but yeah. they won't
1: put the money out to just to put the money out right you know they know what they're doing and they're willing to you know take a hit to make the team good hmm. and that case was Pujols was the longevity of Pujols the greatest thing for the team well for a couple more years possibly but longevity it was to move on
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that was to take a hit at first but it was a smart move a lot right. of people would say so they're they're not stupid. Um, that's for sure. For years, that's the thing. It's just a longevity, the Cardinal way, right? We see that with, you know, football-wise, New England, the New England, the Patriots way, right? Uh, the Cardinals have the Cardinal way, and the way they just do things, it's just, it's remarkable.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, they're they a pretty damn good franchise, up and down, left and right, since the beginning of, since inception, really. They've, yeah. They've okay. had it down.
1: Oh, they we not good. Our lifetime, they've never not been good.
0: No, I always remember them being good, maybe so. Maybe a
1: year. They've been, you know, not great. They've missed the playoffs. But even yeah. when the years they missed the playoffs, they're still floating 500. mm But there's maybe like a year, maybe the only maybe one or two years, maybe three years at most, they missed the playoffs in, in the 25 years we've been around.
0: True. Yeah.
1: It's remarkable what this franchise has done. And these players, I mean, look at them. <laughs> so, some of the best pitchers, some of the best hitters. Again, there's there's maybe eight guys in this list right here for the Cardinals that are on top 100. Mm-hmm. If you were doing it right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, they, they probably stand, I would say they probably stand at the top of the, of the division with the best franchise team. I'd say your closest teams are probably Reds Pirates. You know, are, uh, offensively could probably keep up with them.
1: Offensively for sure could keep up with them. Um, but pitching-wise, they get outpitched. That's where the problem... And I think even depth, maybe, for some of those teams. Probably, yeah. Depths are really good. Maybe, maybe the Reds depth. Definitely can keep up with them, but the mm-hmm. Pirates' depth I think fades a little. But the Cardinals' uh, pitching definitely—you know—that's that's the leader in the division.
0: Right. Yeah, like you said, the only what you would maybe call weakness is their bullpen, and even that has—you know—Jason Isrenhausen, who has one of the more recent success stories for yeah, relief seven pitchers. Or eight so years for them, you know, really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So Matt
1: Hungarian just nuts for a couple of years out there. Yeah. Right now. So um, <laughs> he was nuts. And Todd Worrell, he was just consistent with them.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, you like, you know, you like to. Uh, it would be nice to have these teams kind of face off like a simulation or something like that to see what they it would really do. But I think the Cardinals is probably your, your best franchise team in the division. I mean, look again, you know, they got they got second most World Series with eleven, so that doesn't just happen because they just stumbled upon a few World Series. You know, well,
1: and they, like I said, they they're built like exactly how you want. You got a couple leadoff guys, a couple contact, a couple power guys, defensive guys, some pitching, some, uh, you know. Newer pitchers, some older pitchers, you know, some depth. You just have a little bit of everything. mm mm-hmm. um, Which you ex- kind of expect, right, out of a franchise team. But some of the teams, you know, it's just a little more power or a um, couple positions are weaker. So you kind of just find a guy who wasn't bad for the, for the franchise. But overall, not, you know, maybe not a real, you know, top-so player, right? I mean, like I said, Ken Boyer might be their worst guy out of their starting guys. And he, you know, is a is a really, really good player. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And you know would have probably been, you know, the third base representative for most of the franchise we talked about already.
0: For sure. Yeah. So, and here he is being called maybe the worst position player for the franchise. Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, all right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> take that.
1: Um. Yeah. This is that was that's an exciting division to talk about just because of the depth of, uh, legends, in the, in the in the division. Um. Yeah, we don't even go into the managers here, but, you know. Oh, my God. Some of the managers for these teams, too. Yeah. La Russa and, you know, uh, Piniella and guys like that who just have, you know, unbelievable.
0: Yeah, Sparky Anderson. Yeah, you know,
1: success, too. So, um, the story of baseball, a lot of it comes right here from these four at least four out of these five divisions. And that's nothing against the Brewers. It's just how it goes, right? They're being yeah. newer. But four of these five teams out of this division, you know, you pretty much could tell the story of baseball.
0: Oh yeah, and it's yeah. kind of
1: how the AL East is with you know with the Yankees and and, and, and Red Sox. Mm-hmm. You know you could tell a story with them, you right? Know? But this division is definitely the deepest, deepest in history. You know the Yankees and Red Sox. Okay, that's two out of the out of the five. You know in the AL Central. You got you know
0: White Sox, Indians. Um,
1: you know and even them, it's, you know Detroit. But even them, they're not as you know winning and the the, the real greats, mm-hmm. extended greats. You have a couple, sure. Uh, in the West, you got, you know, the A's. Otherwise, there's not much there. No. Right? And in the East, you know, the Mets, sure, but they're newer. Hmm. The Braves, sure, but more a couple periods at a time. Phillies obviously had long stretches of not being good. And then you get to the Central Central, it's like, okay, this is the, you know, just the longevity and the, and the greatness here is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, one of the more historic uh, – Divisions with the franchises, um, and even the next division has two of some of the older franchises too, with the Giants and Dodgers. It's sad, um, but even then, have like two, right?
1: This has four.
0: Mm-hmm. So like yeah. this whole
1: division is legendary.
0: Yeah. So it's like you know, it's the Brewers it's,
1: are, your, are your your worst, you know, in quotations regarding legendary, mm-hmm. and they're not bad.
0: No, they're still you, you know, know they're
1: still better than you know the the Rays and Colorado at this point and probably San Diego for the yeah. most part and probably Arizona in Arizona for the most part. And mm-hmm. you know, probably even Kansas city, right?
0: Yeah. There's a lot of fr- Baltimore.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, yeah,
0: there's a lot to like,
1: they're comparable with those, you know, franchises and mm-hmm. they're the the worst one in quotations here in this division. Cause you can't compare, you can't compete with,
0: yeah, I was going to say, it, it just says more about the other teams than it does about the Brewers. It just says how good the, Another four are. You the know? race
1: is always good in NL Central. I don't care what they say. Oh yeah. Every yeah. year it's always a good race.
0: Yeah, they. I mean the the teams are always very competitive. They all kind of stay near each other. There's never really the seller team, and then there's the there's the you know running away team. Yeah. You know the so, team and that the has 105 really wins. stand
1: out in this division.
0: Oh yeah. There's some of these teams hate each other. Yeah. You some
1: uh, you know there's old rivalries in every division, in every sport. Now these are some real bad blood. Rivalries, and you see that with the Cardinals-Cubs, Cardinals-Reds. Mm-hmm. Those are some just bad news teams right there. And in the newer Pittsburgh, uh, the Pirates and the Reds. It's more of a newer rivalry. Yeah. Um, and Brewers and Cardinals, they've had their matchups. It just seems like every, every corner you turn here, Cubs-Reds. I mean, it's just – I mean, these are some really, really, really good rivalries. Yeah, and for sure. To this day. Even the Yankees-Boston one, it almost seems like it's 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 kind of fluttered out.
0: Yeah, that's so, true.
1: Not these ones. No. Some of these ones have really stuck. Cardinals-Reds, I mean, I watched them fight. The whole team was fighting on the net. You know, Riotti and Brandon Phillips, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Pirates-Reds was nuts a couple years ago. Amir Garrett was, you know, in the dugout punching people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean this is...
0: Yeah, they don't like each other. A it lot was, of them. Uh,
1: Cubs-Reds, too, right? When Puig, when Puig was with the Reds, they, they got brawling.
0: Yeah, I think so. He's one that would definitely start a fight. You yeah, know,
1: you had him and Amir Garrett on the same team. So, I get anybody fighting with him, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, these are just, like, again, this is most of the story of baseball sitting in this division.
0: Yeah, a lot to like. And, uh, you know, a lot of great players, great managers, like you said, and just uh, just a lot of, like you said, a lot of stories to tell in how, you know, in how long baseball's been going here. There's, you know, a lot there. Um, so, and obviously the next division will have some of that too, but it's like you said, it's just not quite – four or five that you get yeah. with this. So yeah, so that's the, that's kind of our NL central list. There's the five teams there, at least five current teams. Cause the Astros were in there for a little bit and mm-hmm. you know, some teams have floated around, but you know, so that's, that's what we're kind of looking at with them. We have one episode left before we start our prediction series and that's going to be the NL West. Obviously is the one, there's only one left and then we're going to wrap those up and then starts our, what you would call our regular season. We start back at, at the weekly lineup Um, We're going to start our prediction series as we've done the last two. This is going to be our third time doing it, um, where we do division by division, kind of similar to what we're doing here. We go in the same order, uh, AL and NL. We just give our predictions on kind of how each team's looking. It's going to be a little harder this year, obviously, with the CBA. The goods,
1: the bads, the future, yeah, some stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, we've been marred in an awful couple of years to do things, right? Yeah, sure. COVID shortened the year. And the CBA, so I don't know if we're the bad luck or not, but we've been marred and trying to figure out what the hell we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can get some a normal year, right? But be nice. Doesn't look like this is the year for normalcy, but we're gonna give her give her hell and come up with things to do. So, Tomorrow. well, hopefully things change here soon. there have been meeting and meeting and meeting, so that's good, and some announcements too. That will be a show, right? Cover athlete, yeah. with Tani. So there are good news coming out, and, you know, I don't think, you know, there's some light at the end of the tunnel to the Dark Ages, but you never know.
0: Yeah, I agree. So that's kind of what our upcoming schedule looks like. Hopefully by then the CBA is complete, and hopefully by the time we're doing predictions some free agents get signed because that's kind of causing a little bit of a prediction problem uh, is that some free agents, there's going to be some movers and shakers with teams. That's going to be Um, almost
1: the action when CBA actually does get signed is almost going to be like that july 30th 31st deadline where it's just there's seven eight ten moves at once and you don't even know you're like this guy this is a big piece and i didn't even know
0: yeah because Mm -hmm. there was
1: 18 other pieces that got moved so it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting especially you know you never know what the new rules and dh and the money and how things can go flying around Mm. um trades It's gonna be crazy and then try managing getting your guys back for spring training Mm. guys like oh, i gotta head to you know Full Lord for spring training, it's like, nope, you're going to head west to go to that spring training in Scottsdale because, you know, we just traded you. Mm, yeah. And then he might get traded again three seconds later. I mean, it's going to get that crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be uh, quite the, uh, quite the event once the CBA does eventually get signed. Um, hopefully not too much time gets eaten up. Spring training gets eaten up. Hopefully no games. So, you know, it's going a little longer than everyone would like for sure. Everyone, players and owners alike. So, Um, They'll come to something, they are talking quite a bit, so there's going to be something happening, Um, but just for our sake, for our podcast, we're going to keep our predictions uh, episodes the same, we're going to do our best to adjust as signings happen, and and just try to give you the best predictions look, but um, that just is kind of how it is right now, so, Uh, but as far as as that goes, we're going to do our predictions that run right into the season, and then back into our normal weekly episodes, uh, as the season goes, so, um, that's what we're looking at for the next month or so here for screwball and then hopefully baseball starts normal and things are the CBA brings some new cool rules that, that hopefully people like and players are happy and owners are happy and everyone's happy so so that's kind of what all you know kind of all I got there's not again with the CBA not signed as we have talked about the last few episodes not much yeah. really going on to talk about other than that so
1: yeah the only last thing we got here for this episode is obviously the tribute question right And this episode should be a question is, what player challenged the reserve clause and declined a trade to the Philadelphia Phillies on October 7th, 1969 and this eventually paved the way for free agency? So what player was that? And the player was Kurt Flood, who we mentioned earlier, played in the NL Central for the Cardinals He declined a trade to the Phillies October 7th, 1969 uh, reasons being, the Phillies were a very bad team at the time and no signs of getting better. Uh, dilapidated stadium, and you know, veterans and the other stadiums they played in—they were just not good. And the idea of the fan barrage and racism that the Philadelphia fans at that time had—he mm-hmm. um, said, "There's, I'm not going there." Declined the trade. Eventually, um, this got sent to the Supreme Court. Um, it was shot down at the time, but. By 1975, they came to a conclusion, the players and owners, and they got rid of the reserve clause, which was his big thing. Mm -hmm. The reserve clause essentially was you were just kind of owned by that franchise that you signed with. So at this point, that was kind of gone. Free agency came about, Mm -hmm. Being Catfish being the first free agent at that time. Um, Eventually, they made the 10 by 5 rule or the Curt Flood rule, which after 10 10 seasons with a team, you kind of have your own trade rights. You can decline trades. You can accept trades. Kind of, you know, pick what team you want to go to, which we still see to this day. Some sort of resemblance of that. And in 1998, uh, the Supreme Court did pass the Curt Flood Act of 1998, which um, essentially meant you couldn't really bring back a reserve clause. So, again, which players challenged the reserve clause to a kind of trade to the Phillies on October 7th, 1969, eventually paving the way for free agency? The answer is Curt Flood. And that really uh, that ended his career. Um, no. He was a good player. Um, I'm not sure if he had been a hall of fame player, but definitely would have been put up more stats. Uh, but by doing this, um, ended his career a bit early and he kind of knew that going into it. He said this could end my career, but, um, you know, he was not willing to, you know, do, you know, fall in line at the time. Right. So it was a big, it was a big moment, you know, tough at, during a time. At the time it was tough on him and, and stuff like that. But, you know, eventually became really a, a very important part in, in history. Um, Sure. And, and especially in especially baseball history.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, some people, especially back in the day, said the free agency ruined baseball, free agency ruined sports, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, that obviously proved not to be true. Does it go a little far sometimes? Sure. You know, the way players move around. Uh, but to say it ruined, I mean, would you rather it be like uh, the 1920s and teams were run out the same every, every, every year, year after year for 10 years? You know, it'd be like, well, a little of both is fine. Yeah, especially um, if
1: you're going to, you know, tank. Imagine the Astros is allowed to have that team forever. You know, that's tough every year, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're obviously still doctoring things to get free agency to work better. Let's
0: mm-hmm. see yeah. how it goes. So, Always figuring it out. Um,
1: but, yeah, that was um, obviously being NL Central. We kept it NL Central relative, and that was uh, pretty big um, just because we're kind of seeing some of this stuff with the CBA, right? Hmm. this resembles the cba we're also seeing it in other sports with the brian flores just came out with a lawsuit so with the nfl so um it just kind of it's all kind of the same kind of live action some of these things that he brought up at the time we're kind of seeing kind of right now play out in different aspects but same kind of concept under the same umbrella yeah so 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 good uh, for him
0: for speaking out kind of yeah so
1: i just wanted to kind of bring that up it was you know it's People don't really talk about it. They just talk about kind of the first free agent. Well, how did we get there? He was kind of a big stepping stone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kurt Flood. I uh, can thank him for uh, a little bit more of our modern sports. And the you rights know? to players. Yeah. Essentially was this mm-hmm. thing,
1: you know, fight for fight for the rights for the players. Yeah, so.
0: as they should. They should have, right. Uh, you know, more say in what happens and more. They make the money. Yeah. they're Yeah, they're the ones bringing in the, the fans. and Yeah, they're the bringing... ones on
1: the field to get the fans to come in.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, definitely, a, they play a pretty important role, I'd say. Yeah. Um,
1: As do the fans, which I think sometimes they forget about.
0: Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, but they always forget about us.
1: Obviously, the players, are the ones who bring the money in. Agreed. So, and the fans are the ones, are the money.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <Right>? um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, sometimes I forget that, but, <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's the trivia question. That's uh, like I said before. It's kind of all I got for this episode. I said my piece, so I don't know if you have any final notes or anything to leave the uh, no, podcast with. but
1: that's pretty much it. I mean, we just got the Super Bowl coming up, right? Bengals, Rams. That's mm-hmm. uh, um, a little surprising. Uh, thank God the Chiefs is done, right? Everyone can say that. <laughs> um, and we have the Daytona 500 coming around. Those mm-hmm. are really are two biggest you know, moments right now coming up. Uh, NBA All-Star, All-Star weekend, All-Star breaks coming up. Mm-hmm. NHL as well, so there's some exciting times. For the most part, it is, um, you know, the ending of the NFL season, which is the Super Bowl. And then the beginning of the NASCAR season, which is their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but those are pretty much two of the biggest moments in spring training. Hopefully, it's coming around with CBA and baseball in warm weather. Yeah. So, that's kind of our update. So
0: Yeah. So, you look at what's going on. And by the time we come around for another episode, we'll have a Super Bowl winner, which is always exciting. Could kind of go either way. A little bit more... Uh, no Chiefs and no, well, no Brady anymore. Uh, there's no, that's another little note. He retired. If you're a football fan out there, um, an Expos fan. that's true. Yeah. What was it? The last Expos player to be drafted is retired. So that yeah, was the little they, anecdote. I think
1: the last player ever had any sort of um, connection to the connection Expos. to the Expos. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's kind of funny. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's a little bit older, so he's still in the sports world. So, um, pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, that's again, that's all I got. So if that's it, then you want to just wrap this one up? Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree.
1: And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10.
0: You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod, no E and screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep, take care.